Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And we're going to start off with, unbelievably, a story out of the UK, uh, courtesy of Anthony Joshua, who claims doping in boxing is rife. And this is a story that was uh, published in Sky Sports. Uh, I would give them uh, some level of credibility here. So here we go. Anti-Joshua's fight with Dillian White canceled after White returned. An adverse anti-doping finding Robert Hellenius has stepped in to fight Joshua, which we know. And uh, White says he's completely innocent as he denies taking these reported substances. Uh, Anti-Joshua has claimed... Uh, doping of boxing is rife and says he feels sorry for up-and-coming fighters making their way into the sport. As we all know, Joshua was originally due to fight White uh, at the O2 Arena, but now, now will now face Robert Hellenius, uh, who stepped in at the last minute, so to speak. Last weekend, the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association said it had informed the Association of Boxing Commissions and the British Boxing Board of Control that a random anti-doping protocol undertaken by White had returned adverse analytical findings. White has denied taking the reported substance and vowed to prove he was completely innocent. Joshua, who did not suggest any wrongdoing by White, told Sky Sports, boxing is a great sport. It changes lives. It changed my life and put me on the right trajectory. It helped me out in certain habits. So it's brilliant, brilliant sport for people who want to get in fit and for all these types of things. But in terms of the sport, I feel sorry for up-and-coming fighters. You don't know what is going on and what type of person you're fighting. It is so tough anyway, and then you have people who might be cutting corners. Who knows? I understand this anti-doping system for the amateur system because I was exposed to it when I went to the Olympic team and represented Great Britain, that there is an organization that stops people cheating and putting things in their system that could give them enhancements. So I then would now hire these people uh, when I would fight professionally and would say, look, I was registered under this committee and I've been drug tested by these guys since 2011. I then pay extra funds to get my opponents drug tested to make sure no one is cheating because not just in the heavyweight division, it is rife across the whole of boxing. By the way, the... The British Boxing Board of Control declined to comment when contacted by Sky Sports on this matter. Elsewhere, in probably the same uh, press conference, Robert Hellenius said it's going to be fireworks and glorious when he fights Anthony Joshua. As a story by Jim Calva out of BoxingNews24.com. Replacement opponent Robert Hellenius, 32-4, known as the Nordic uh, Nightmare, predicts he will shake up the heavyweight division by upsetting Anthony Joshua 25 and 3 this Saturday night. If Joshua loses this fight, his showdown showdown with Deontay Wilder will be off. Those two are supposed to fight in January in Saudi Arabia, but it won't happen if AJ loses to the big punching Hellenius. Promoter Eddie Hearn says he wanted to use Ajit Kabayal as Joshua's opponent, but his asking price was too much. If Joshua gets knocked out on Saturday by Hellenius, Hearn could have some regret. Hellenius has been brought in on one week's notice to replace Dillian White as the opponent for the former two-time heavyweight champion Joshua at the 20,000-seat O2 Arena in London. Despite his lack of preparation for Joshua's style, Hellenius feels he'll be ready for Joshua in their 12-round fight on uh, the zone. 
I might add regular to zone. It's not pay-per-view. Uh, Joshua will have a big advantage in hand speed and amateur pedigree over Hellenius, and most boxing fans feel this will play a huge factor in the fight. Hellenius looked slow um, when he fought uh, 41-year-old Mika Miljolnin, uh, who was 6-1 in the third round in Finland uh, a week ago. Hellenius didn't throw many jabs as he uh, slowly walked forward, fired power shots, and bludgeoned the inexperienced Miljolnin. That's my plan, and that's why I'm here, said Hellenius, about his goal to shake up the heavyweight division by defeating Joshua. This means everything, because I've been chasing world champion for 15 years. I've not gotten there. I've had some injuries here and there. I've gotten big fights. In 2009, I knocked out Samuel Peter, Lamont Brewster, and uh, Zhihai Lajovic. But I've had a bad injury, and I've been a long, I've been a long way. If Hellenius wins... He'll still need to defeat IBF, WBIW heavyweight champ, Alexander Usyk, uh, who's preparing for his fight in Poland, by the way, or WBC champ Tyson Fury uh, in order to become champ. So after losing four belts to Usyk in September 2021, Joshua is no longer a world champion, and it's questionable whether he'll ever be again. I've been in this game for a long time. I think this is my golden ticket. Derek Chisora is going to be surprised. I'm going to beat Anti Joshua on Saturday night, said Hellenius. And Derek, uh, meanwhile, Derek Tazora is predicting Joshua defeats him by third round knockout. Uh, you can overlook Tazora's predictions because Joshua is his friend, so he's obviously biased. However, common sense would tell you that this is Joshua's fight to lose. Finally, Hellenius said he's a good guy, his heart in the right place, and I have much respect for him. The fight uh, didn't go well for, for, for me. I've been training. Uh, for that fight for one year, but this is boxing stuff happens. I hope to redeem myself and show my worth. Uh, it's going to be a really, really good fight. I've been training really hard. It's going to be fireworks and glorious. Alrighty, speaking of heavyweights, uh, let's see what uh, Eddie Hearn is ranting and raving about today. Eddie Hearn fumes at rival promoter for purse bid collapse. He said, I can't believe it, screams the headline. Uh, courtesy of uh, BoxingSocial.com, Matchroom promoter Eddie Hearn has vented his frustrations at rival promotion company Boxer, that's B-O-X-X-E-R, for once again pulling out of purse bids at the last minute and ultimately causing the collapse of another title fight. Back in May, you may recall, Boxer and Fraser Clark were criticized for withdrawing from a proposed British title bout against uh, Fabio Wardley meaning in the eyes of many that Clark missed out on a major opportunity to advance his career and British boxing fans were denied at an exciting heavyweight battle. Now, Richard uh, Rick Poor has removed himself from the Perspid process to fight at the IBF cruiserweight champion, Jai Apatye, opting to pursue a different route. Speaking to Boxing Social, Hearn said that he couldn't understand the decision. Although the statement came from the fighter himself, he believes Boxer had influenced proceedings. He said, Fraser Clark should have been in that fight for hundreds of thousands of pounds against Fabio Wardley. If he would have won, he could be making seven figures. Next, he's got to fight at York Hall against Marlus Wach instead. Now, what if Richard Riakpour is being spun? We'll put you in with uh, Masternak. Then you'll fight the winner of Coley Blum Smith. Why? You've got Jai Uptai 
But what I'm most pissed off about is that you wasted five weeks of Jai Apatai's career by basically either not having the money to rock up the purse bids or because you're too worried about losing the purse bid. And when they issue a statement saying, we have run out of patience, the purse bid is in three hours. There's no patience required. Wait and see what everyone was going to bid. Your promoters have an obligation uh, to bid a certain amount. We're trying to break the bank and get that. We're trying to break the bank and get that fight. I just can't believe that you can get talked of it like that. Uh, Uptay has been left without a fight, extending a 13-month spell of inactivity since winning the world title. It's likely he will be made to face former champion Marius Brightus, whom he lost the belt from in 2022. Sorry, so whom he won the belt from in 2022. My mistake. All right. Let's go on to uh, Mexico. Canelo Alvarez will defend his super middleweight uh, crown against top 154-pounder in the world, despite, despite, despite doubts over Jamel Charlo's participation. Whispers around the campfire in Las Vegas during Terrence Crawford versus Al Spence Jr. fight last weekend uh, has promoted has, has had, had boxing media questioning if Charlo would be ready. After an announcement late on Wednesday, it seems the four-belt super welterweight king will be opposite Canelo in the ring on September 30th. Premier boxing champion said Mexican superstar and pound-for-pound great Canelo Alvarez will defend his undisputed Super Bowl titles in a blockbuster showdown. Canelo goes up against hard-hitting, undisputed junior middleweight world champ Jermel Charlo, and they'll headline Showtime pay-per-view Saturday, September 30th, in a PBC event from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. As we all know, Canelo has amassed uh, one of the best resumes of his generation at only 33 years of age. He will make the third consecutive defense of his WBC, WBA, IBF, and WBO super middleweight world titles against the junior middleweight king. Charlo steps up in the first matchup of the four-belt era, pitting two reigning undisputed champs against each other. And boy, do we look forward to that. All right. Oh, that's oh, another controversy. Pro Box full fight video highlights and results. Otar Eranosian stops Roger Gutierrez amid total ringside meltdown by the Florida Boxing Commission. Wow. Eranosian earned an eighth round stoppage eventually after an amateur hour display from the Florida Boxing Commission. What is this all about? Wild times on Pro Box TV as Omar Aranosian won his WBA eliminator over Roger Gutierrez in an intermittently thrilling fight that was mismanaged and nearly derailed by terrible refereeing and the commission uh, working down in Florida. Whenever the fighters were separated and throwing, the action was hot. Uh, Iranosian uh, started strong, splitting the guard with thumping uppercut rights in the opening round. Gutierrez briefly turned the tables in the second with a knockdown on a staggering punch that made Otar touch the canvas with his glove. But that 10-8 round was the only one Gutierrez won on bad left hooks unofficial scorecard. And this, as you can tell, is courtesy of badlefthook.com. Uh, Gutierrez did reasonably well at distance, 
but proved lousy at maintaining it, largely content to ride the ropes and tie up the arms of Yurnosian whenever possible. Yurnosian was relentless with pressure, leaving a visibly uncomfortable Gedarez looking like he'd given up on the night less than halfway through the fight. The action was not steady, however, as referee Christopher Young could not control a consistently clutch-happy Gutierrez and an occasional foul-happy Evernosian, who landed more than one punch uh, on the break. Referee Young would slap at arms rather than insert himself on the all-too-rare occasions when he separated the fighters, which led to at least one of the uh, unpenalized fouls from Evernosian. Referee Young also didn't give a warning or deduct a point for Gutierrez's flagrant and constant holding until the eighth round. The, that eighth round decision for holding finally stopped Gutierrez from locking arms and led to a sustained flurry of action that put Gutierrez on the canvas. He got up at the last second, survived the last few moments of the round, and then everything went to hell at ringside. Commentary uh, said that Gutierrez's corner appeared to have lost track of time. And we're up on the uh, when we're up on the apron with towel in hand to stop the fight until they heard the bell to end the eighth round. That wasn't visible on video replay, but what was absolutely clear was the ringside official from the Florida Boxing Commission, uh, unnamed on the broadcast, but appeared to be assistant executive director of the Florida Boxing Commission and Tampa area resident Timothy Shipman, waving his hands to stop the fight. The fight was waved off. Then that was reversed. Then Young and Shipman, perhaps, had a long, unproductive chat about the situation in Gutierrez's corner. Young, who deserves a lot of criticism for his loose and lazy management of the action, also deserves praise for repeatedly asking for clarification from the commission on whether the fight could continue and pointing out that the discussion was, gonna, uh, was giving the shaken and bleeding Gutierrez a lot of extra time for recovery. After an extended conversation that ran well past a standard one-minute break between rounds, the fight still wasn't stopped. Instead, the ringside doctor was brought in to examine Gutierrez. That process also dragged on, with the doctor repeatedly trying to get Gutierrez to stand and face her for an evaluation. Struggling to get an answer from Gutierrez's corner on whether their fighter could see properly, and finally ending the farce by declaring Gutierrez unable to continue almost full two minutes after the ninth round should have already begun. First party Rodinesian uh, looked tenacious, if occasionally sloppy, and emerged uh, one step closer for a title shot. Gutierrez looked poor, doing little outside of the flash uh, knockdown in the second round, other than mucking up the fight uh, with arm grabs. And the Florida officials looked like absolute clowns, letting the fight get away from them for seven and a half rounds. Then uh, degenerating to all-out burlesque through their in inability to make and stick to a decision on whether or not the fight should end. Wow. Alrighty, let's have a quick look at Emmanuel Navratti, who is expecting to fight uh, Oscar Valdez at the same time as Zanti Joshua is fighting the Nordic Nightmare. WBO Super Featherweight Champ Emmanuel Navratti says he expects Oscar Valdez will be coming forward all night trying to take his head off with every shot this Saturday night down the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona. Navretti, he's at 37-1, by the way, welcomes war with Valdez because that will enable him to do what he does best, and that's throwing a lot of punches. After Navretti's last performance against Liam Wilson, it might not end well for him if Valdez does attack him in an all-out blitz from the opening bell. Anyway, 
interestingly enough, Navrede looks fat and slow at 130 and nothing like the fighter he'd been when fighting at 122. He might have reached his ceiling when fighting at 126, but he's out of his league now at 130. Ooh. A lot of people feel that Navrede should be should have been knocked out uh, in his fight with Wilson, but he spit out his mouthpiece and was given a massive amount of time by the referee before the action resumed. This will be Navrede's first defense of his WBO 130-pound belt and a big step up for him from the opposition he's faced during his 13-year pro career. Whoa. All right. In the ultimate battle of wasted momentum, Dan Raphael reports that heavyweights Otto Wallen and Murat Gassiev are in the process of finalizing a September bout in Turkey. Sweden's Wallen, 25-1, 14 knockouts, pegged as a tune-up for Tyson Fury between the latter's first and second bouts with Deontay Wilder, controlled the first half of their fight and opened a gnarly cut on the Gypsy King before ultimately fading down the stretch. The bout instantly put him on people's radar, but he did pick up a solid win over Dominic Brigel two fights later. He's yet to face credible threats since. Gassiev comes in with a 30-1 record, 23 knockouts, and looks like Usyk's heir atop the 200-pound division. But rather than capitalize on Usyk's move to heavyweight, he instead did the same. Injuries and other issues have held him to just four fights in the last five years, all against awful competition. Says the writer, I like this. Both guys are desperate uh, and in need of a credible win after years of treading water. Hopefully, there'll be some sort of U.S. broadcast. Hey, she give us a call. All right. Moving on, Alan Fox over at boxingnews24.com says Floyd Mayweather Jr. says he'd like to sign Ryan Garcia to PBC if he's a promotional free agent and confident he could ink him. If Mayweather gets his hands on the 25-year-old Ryan, he may be matched similarly to how they've done with Javante Davis, putting him in with smaller, older fighters and guiding him to a secondary title. Signing with Mayweather uh, would likely see Ryan follow in the footsteps of Tank and Rolly Romero, which means no dangerous fights where there's a chance of losing. It's a proven matchmaking formula for making money at the expense of great fights than the public uh, would like to see. Uh, for example, Tank Davis has never fought any of these fighters during his many years with Mayweather promotions. Devin Haney, Shaker Stevenson, uh, Lomachenko, Tefimont Lopez, Frank Martin, Regis Progress, and Subriel Mateus. Ryan, who's 23 and 1, is currently being promoted by Golden Boy, and it's believed that he could have several years left. I'm looking not I'm not looking to sign Ryan, but if he wants to sign and he's free, I'd sign him, said Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather Jr. about Ryan Garcia. So there you go. All the news fit to print today. Thanks, fans, for joining me. Appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and we'll see you later on when I join Mike Gore at 4 p.m. Eastern time for his show, Knuckle Up.